Satnam, I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Satnam. Yogi Bhajan used to deeply enjoy making up word and also working with the etymology of words. There's very subtle energies that course through our physicality. And one of those subtle energies, when we meet someone that we feel comfortable with, that we feel safe with, that we feel the willingness to be vulnerable with, the willingness to be undefended in presence with. What ends up happening is the limbic area of the brain, which is the portion of the brain that actually receives blood. It's not the gray matter, it's that limbic, and it literally means a limb because it looks a little bit like this, this armature coming down through the center of your brain, and it contains the hippocampus and the hypothalamus and other of the endocrine glands. And this sets up a, an electric current. And then, because magnetism is always present when electricity is present, it sets up an electromagnetic field. And when two people are coordinated in that, in that field, it's called limbic resonance. And limbic resonance is what allows us to agree without really truly investigating what each other is all about. We just, we just gently agree to agree. And we agree to allow each other to be any version of what we are, and we're okay with that. When limbic resonance takes place in the presence the electromagnetic field of the heart is over 30 times more powerful than the electromagnetic field of the brain. And so what happens is that when you begin to communicate in that, in that gentle voice of limbic resonance, which is what you also do when you're in a state of worship, and you're singing or chanting in a state of worship, that's why chanting is so effective, is what it does is it opens up the throat center, which contains this mechanism called the reticular formation, which is in the very uh, base of the brain, right here. And it's known as the reptilian brain, or the primitive brain. It's the, it's the oldest part of the mammalian brain. It's 330 million years old. 
And as it guided evolution, evolution was about overcoming danger. But that's been over for quite some time. So we've been making up dangers in order to maintain a reason for being the way we've been. So we've made up dangers and we've created great instruments called weapons to try to deal with those dangers. But those dangers have been over for a long time and the indication of the dangers being over has said to the evolutionary cycle, it's time to wake up to the next level. And that next level of evolution is the evolution into the oneness, the, the, the accumulation, the I, how can I serve you? Because if I serve you and surrender to receive, then I receive everything I need. Not necessarily from you, but I receive it because it's necessary. It's the cosmic law. It's the nature of the heart and it's the nature of the lungs. Both the lungs and the heart, when they are fully relaxed, are full. They fill up. The heart fills with blood and the lungs fill with oxygen and air. And so this next evolution of how can I serve you is an evolution that opens up the ability to have that full-on prosperity. And prosperity means prosperity, pro-spirit, means for the spirit. And so when I'm for the spirit, when I'm for the soul that is common to us both, then serving you is like serving my hand, serving my mouth. When my hand serves my mouth, my mouth is up here, but I swallow the food and invisibly it goes down here. I don't see it travel down through my esophagus. And then once it's down here, then it goes through my digestive tract and it serves the hand that served that food into my mouth. So when I serve you, I am unaware of how that service is traveling down through the collective digestive. But eventually that service traveling down through the collective digestive comes back to me. It's a guarantee. It's not a gee I hope. It's a gee I know. And that's why patience is called the supreme act of knowing not an act of waiting. Patience is knowing that as I serve you, I will be served. And it's common cliche that what goes around comes around. This is the next evolution. And to get ourselves prepared for this next evolution, Yogi Bhajan brought Kundalini Yoga, which was a curation of all different forms of yoga but the portions of the forms of yoga that would apply to a world such as this, because we come from many worlds. This is not the only world that we've been developing on. But those of us that have been sent to this world, those of us that gather in rooms like this all over the world, those of us that have been sent here to lift this place, are the pioneers that are searching out into the new dimensions. <laughs> 
And as we search out into the new dimensions, we experience the true sensation of freedom. Freedom is not about being free to make a choice of paper or plastic. You know, Being free is not free to make a choice of whether you want to do this in your life or want to do that in your life. Those are opportunities. Those are not freedoms. Freedom, Yogi Bhajan said, is when you free your dome. That the dome of the center of the earth and the dome of the surface of the earth align with the dome of your pelvis and the dome of your diaphragm and the dome of the roof of your mouth and the dome of the crown of your head and the dome of the atmosphere and the stratosphere and the ionosphere. That when you become resonant as a resident within these domes and that you align your domes to be free within those domes, that is freedom. And what ends up happening, I don't know if you've ever looked at your neighbor's roof or maybe your roof if you have satellite uh, television, but uh, there's a series of, there's the dome that is capturing the signal. But that dome then concentrates because of the the round dome-like nature, it concentrates that signal against another dome, which is the, the uh, transception in the center. It has that armature that comes out and then there's that ball that's facing the dome. All right? So this dome concentrates the field into that dome. This dome of your pelvis, moving through the flexibility of the dome of your diaphragm, concentrates that signal against the roof of your mouth. And then in the roof of your mouth is where you resonate your words. And you project from the mind, which means that you project, you tra from the man, the mind. And that's what man tra means. That you're aligning your domes, projecting from your connection between your brain and the universal mind. And then you're using these sounds, I am who I am, whatever it is, healthy am I, happy am I, holy am I. It can be in any language, lang, length or depth, gwedge, gauge. It can be in any gauge of the length and depth of your awareness. Freedom is freeing the domes so that you can become that satellite dish. You know, we could have a television set sitting right here. And if it wasn't connected to something that brings in the signal, it would just be an interesting rectangular piece of plastic. And that's the difference between the evolution that has taken place up until now in the human form and the evolution that you're exploring in your form. That you're actually turning on the mechanism that can receive the signal, that can make that instrument, which in that case was a rectangular television, and in your case is a human instrument. 
And then you can take that human instrument and you can move it around the world and you can tell the story that there's something beyond. People have tried to do it in the past, but what has always happened is marketing and merchandising. They call it religion. And when you have an iconic figure at the center point of religion who is definitely an ascended master, no discredit to the ascended master, but what happens is that marketing and merchandising take over because the lower forms of evolution in three and four dimensions are competitive and combative, gain advantage over the other products. One religion trying, striving to gain advantage over other products, which are other religions. And I do not exempt the Sikh Dharma from this situation. It's, they're all participating. But it's up to you to reach out through. One time Yogi Bhajan and I were walking down a street up, you know, not too far from here. And it was Christmas time and there was decorations everywhere. And the kids walked past us and we heard them comment, uh, uh, I bet you they don't celebrate Christmas. And Yogi Bhajan twirls around and he says to them, he says, we celebrate every chance we get. And they looked at each other kind of shocked and they said, but do you believe in Jesus? He says, believe in Jesus. I know the man. <laughs> so it's not about the brand. We are all brands. We are humans. Man, that brain-mind connection. Hue, the light that travels and carries the signal between them. We are the instrument. We are the satellite dish or the television set, whatever part of it, or maybe we're both. We are both. We are all those instruments that are here to capture the signal of universality and transfer it into the humanality. And the demonstration of what is taking place on the planet today is that we have not yet shown up. The corruption, the disruption, the phenomenal nature of the combative, competitive, diversive. Looking at a word, you know, and it, you know how sometimes when you write a word and you, it's spelled right, it just doesn't look right, you know. Well, I was pulling a word and it it was right, but it just didn't sound right. So, got a little block there. And so we look at this opportunity not as one that fits in, but one that is presenting a new formation for the world to fit into. There's an old saying in, in the ancient yogic world, and that is to enter the space not yet occupied in order to come into the space that does not yet exist. And what we are is we are those ones that are moving into the spaces not yet occupied in order to open the space that doesn't yet exist. And the spaces that don't yet exist are the spaces that cause you and me to realize that I may be the left hand, 
but you're definitely the right hand of the same body. That no matter who you are, that if I serve you, I serve the collective body. And that is the only way that seven, eight, nine, ten billion people can fit on a planet of this size. And that's why we've been sent here. We've been sent here as the first responder. Crisis, crisis, crisis on planet Earth. And you and I got dressed, you know. We, oh, man. And we had to enter that little tiny body, and then we had to learn where to pee, where to poop, you know. <laughs> how to put food in the mouth, you know, how to speak a language, how to stand on two legs. You know, we had to learn all of those things. Very arduous task of learning all of those things. Now we just do them. But in the process of learning all those things, we were also being influenced in the old ways the old ways of fear and doubt, the old ways of protecting the individual self. And if you were stubborn enough, and if you were arrogant enough, and if you were confident enough, and if you were rebellious enough, and if you were defiant enough, and if you were expressive enough, no matter if you knew what you knew or you didn't know what you know, you ended up in a room like this. <laughs> Instead of being at Joe's bar. Let's get this 4th of July party started, huh? Oh, let's get this 4th of July party started. <laughs> Children who populate the planet by design, not by flaw, are waiting for the supervision to show up. And in the in-between, they are completely, as Yogi Bhajan would say, mucking this place up. And Shakti Parvakara would always say to him, Sir, that's a little close to another word. And he would answer back, That's my point. But the children are definitely not going to put away their toys. It's up to supervisors. The children are not going to settle their arguments. It's up to us supervisors to entrain them. The children are always going to look for the differences because when they can identify the differences, the sympathetic nervous system is active. And when the sympathetic nervous system is active, they feel protected because it's the fight, flight, the aggressive response, the competitive, competitive nature of what's happening from this reticular formation right here. And sitting right underneath the reticular formation is the first vertebra of your spine. 
C1, called the atlas. The atlas vertebra, C1, is the one that allows you to go, ah, 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 I get it, ah. All of those gestures are just that C1 activating itself so that it can secrete a nanoscopic portion of its peptide into the system. And what is our interpretation of the peptide that is secreted from the bone, <clears throat> the cartilage, of all that goes into that first vertebra? We interpret it as faith. Faith is from that first vertebra. So sitting right under the trigger point for your sympathetic nervous system is the gateway to your parasympathetic nervous system. Right next to each other. Heads and tails of the same coin. And that follows Newton's third law of motion that for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction. For every instinctual behavior of I, me, mine, there is the faith of let me serve you. And when you jump into the faith of let me serve you, you are free. That is freedom. And that's why out of, you know, let me not go there. That is why out of the horrendous beginning of this piece of land that they call a nation, we enslaved people. And in that slavery, those people were reaching out through their music. to find freedom within the slavery. And that's what we have the opportunity to do because we are a slave to this body. It says, feed me. It says, breathe me. It says, move me. It says all of these things that the physical body requires us to respond to. Within that need to respond, within that slavery, the freedom is in our conscious awareness. That we can have this body and we can use it to be of service. That is the freedom. That is the new evolution, and it doesn't have territory. You know territory is just carnivorous, correct? The only animals on Earth that own territory is owning a hunting ground. It's the carnivores. The human being is not a carnivore by biology. It is a carnivore by habit that was caused by a catastrophe called the Ice Ages that wiped out our foods. And then the bodies took over, and the bodies needed to survive, and so the bodies began to find other bodies that they could attack and use as food. And because it's now been long since that was necessary, and because we have developed such a large population on this planet, 
the process of feeding the population on this planet flesh foods has become an industry and that industry is an industry of absolute cruelty cruelty beyond what you can even imagine those innocent creatures have to go through but not only is it cruelty but it's destructive because nothing is destroying the planet faster I read that you know that the, the, the territory nation state of Brazil had a had a Me Too election, right? And they copied this country and they, they elected this person who is a, just a child in total terror. And so becoming an aggressive, aggressive bully has changed the rules and regulations in Brazil. They are now taking down a football field of forest every minute. The rainforest, every single minute, a piece of land the size of a football field is being reduced. Why? Because they want to become the world's leader in the production of beef. So we will wipe out our oxygen, which comes from the rainforest, in order to feed that flesh food, that blood into our system. This is not unique. This is what kids do because kids don't know what they're doing. They need supervision. And the majority of humanity are not evolved. Not only are they not evolved, but they are so numerous on this planet that they need you. Get off your fanny. Such a nice way of saying it. <laughs> I almost, as I was saying it, I, I felt like, well, that has no impact. <laughs> no, please. And those of you online, we must, we must get off of our laziness. But it's not just a laziness, it's an uncertainty. You are the saviors. Get together with your attitude. Get together with your Christ complex. Consider it to be an advantage. Become the Christ that is you, which means that crystal clarity. Become the Krishna, which also means Christ. Become the Buddha. You think that Buddha was like sort of like born special? No, Buddha was, the Buddha was born just like you. Jesus was born just like you. Krishna was born just like you. But at one point in time, something happened in their life. They went, what the f is going on? <laughs> and I got to do something about this. And they stood up and they did something about it. And that's now the time for you and me because we cannot have an iconic figure. Oh, the great hugga hugga. I'll bow to the great hugga hugga. No! Now that got broadcast. Excuse me, I didn't mean to point it at you. The reality is it's time for millions and tens of millions of us to all stand up and say, okay, we're going to practice the new way. Regardless of who's following it, we're going to practice the new way. 
we're going to be vegan. We're going to have a daily practice of meditation and, and stretching into our body glove, which is called yoga. We're going to have all of these things so that we can be free. Free within the confines of the slavery of our physicality to reach out into our universality and come up with solutions. Because if the problem was created, the equal and opposite is the solution. It's also there. Just like that reticular formation, which is complete restriction, sits on top of the atlas vertebra, C1, which is complete faith and freedom. And this is what we need to learn. We need to learn the science and the technology and the methodologies of what is very, very real science. We also need to realize that every, every single moment that we're going through is a seed. And if we're experiencing more challenges in the moment, it means that we're experiencing the shell of the seed rather than the seed within the seed. Because the shell is born to be nasty. The shell is born to be off-putting. The shell is born to be problematic because it's protecting the seed. So if you find yourself running into more problems than solutions, then you're putting more emphasis on the shell than the seeds. Be like the little kid who was put in a room full of horse manure and left there for two hours. It's a story, I hope's not true. But it does make a point. And the fact is that they came back two hours later and the little kid was down on his hands and knees and going through it going, the pony's gotta be here somewhere because this shit's fresh. And you've got to be the one that goes through this world that is just completely filled with manure. And not go, ew, this stinks, ew, this stinks, ew, this stinks, ew, this stinks, ew, those people stink, ew, why don't they stop stinking? Look for the pony. Or as also Yogi Bhajan once said, if somebody dumps a load on you, you know what the load is? If someone dumps on you, plant seeds in it. Don't eat it. Because it's not food, but it creates food. It grows food really well. So whenever someone dumps on you, just go, thanks. I didn't know I needed more fertilizer, but now at least I've got some extra. If you say a response like that, it's going to kind of distort their reason for dumping on you, which normally you will find wasn't about you. It was about them. One thing that Yogi Bhajan once said, he says, when you meet a jerk, bless them. Because the jerk that's being a jerk to you is literally gifting you 10% of what they're experiencing. And they're actually calling out for help in a very unusual way. And they're saying, hey man, this is what I'm experiencing. Can you feel that? This is what I'm experiencing. Can you feel that? This is what I'm experiencing. Can you help me? 
So when someone in your life is a jerk, they're just inappropriately because they have no idea of how to do it any differently, asking for your help. Give them help. At least don't give them more <laughs> adversity. Like, you jerk, you know, you're such a jerk. And they've already overloaded with the jerkiness and now all that, yeah, right. <laughs> They get it. <laughs> and so we have this opportunity. And today when you are in your free dome, I want you to reach out to the guides in your life. And you can call them, I didn't bring Yogi Bear. Oh. I forgive me. <laughs> Mistakes are the way you learn. You can personify your guidance. Call it Buddha. Call it Guru Gobind Singh. Call it Jesus. Call it Krishna. Call it whatever you want to call it. Call it Aunt Mary. <laughs> Uncle Jonathan. Call it whatever you want to call it. But you have guidance. Every flight does. And this is just the flight of your soul body. This life that you're living. Every airplane takes off has access to guidance. But the only way that a pilot is going to access that guidance from all of the various sources of guidance that are available to an airplane is if the pilot believes that there is guidance. The pilot that takes off and goes, I don't believe there's guidance, there's nobody guiding this, I just have to watch where I'm going, you know? <laughs> That's not a pilot you want to ride with. <laughs> and so when you take off in the life of your body through the soul's version of your destiny, if you believe that you have guidance, then you literally turn on the mechanisms. The belief turns on the mechanisms. Yogi Bhajan would say, if you breathe, you believe. Because as I said before, the peptides that are coming out of the reticular are instinctual, sympathetic nervous system peptides. The peptides that are coming out of the top vertebra, the atlas vertebra, are parasympathetic peptides, and you interpret them as being in faith, right? Being, um, having faith, not faith in something, that's just trust, that's just um, accountability. But faith is when there's no reason for you to believe, and yet you do. That's a powerful belief system. That turns on such an incredible amount of guidance. And we all have this vibratory frequency of guidance. Yours is guiding your incarnation. Mine is guiding my incarnation. But we are together in the total. We're just like the various parts of the common body. So when we start to believe, and what happens is that when you breathe, you believe, as Yogi Bhajan would say, you're activating the peptides of your lungs. So take a deep breath right now. 
and go, ah, and tilt your head back, ah. Now do it again. Ah. Now imagine that you've been just told something. And so in order for you to completely ingest and digest what you've been told, some information, you breathe it in to believe it in, right? And then you do this, ah which opens the throat center, which has the reticular formation in it. So the reticular formation now releases you from its demands, that ah, and by tilting your head back, you have secreted faith into your bloodstream. The technology of Kundalini Yoga, as taught by Yogi Bhajan, is technology. It is not philosophy. It is not a suggestion. It's an opportunity that if you use it, it will give you what it is to give. And somebody may ah and become oh, so oh, like instantaneously, and you go ah and it doesn't work, and ah and it still doesn't work, ah and it still doesn't work. <laughs> the fact is, is that we all have different mechanisms that are holding our sympathetic nervous system in place. It's called ancestral DNA. It's called life experience, right? And so as our ancestral DNA and our life experience hold us in our sympathetic nervous system, which is instinctual reaction and protection, and we're doing this, ah, ah, and then pretty soon you go, I don't believe this. I don't believe this. Ah, the guru sings nuts. I don't believe it. You're working against yourself. I once asked Yogi Bhajan, why is it taking so long? And he looked at me really scornfully and he said, God doesn't want jerks in heaven. <laughs> and he looked at me like, jerk. <laughs> so the fact is, is that, and he once said, oh, you know, it takes you this long, it takes you that long, it takes you, and he looked at me and he said, I ain't guru saying it's gonna take you 30 years. To, I said, for what? He says, just to have a breakthrough. Well, that was 51 years ago, 50 years ago. So I'm, thank God, beyond 30 years, you know. But what he was saying was, is that you're the worst of the worst. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool. You know, that's, 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 that's cool because if I'm the worst of the worst, and this is not a superlative kind of equation, but if I'm the worst of the worst, then I'm also the best of the best. Now, there's no worst of the worst and there's no best of the best because we're all equal. But if I've got a bad streak, that means I got a good streak too. And the final story on this before we start doing our work, not that this isn't work, but Yogi Bhajan once because I reported to him from India that they were building cells at the school to keep the bad kids in. And he said, no, don't do that. I want the bad kids out there because those are my heroes. Those are you, stubborn, obstinate, willful, rebellious, 
unpredictable. This is the nature of the cosmos. And if you're that way, thank, thank the cosmos, huh? Because that is the best way to be. That's the only way you can break out of the trap and experience true freedom. Does that make sense? Does any of that make sense? Okay, so we're going to do the same chant. Does anybody wonder what we're, what we're chanting? Is, there, is everybody familiar with it now? Hmm? You're curious. Ad gure nameh. Jugad gure nameh. Sat gure nameh. Siri guru deve nameh. Nameh means I bow. All right? Ad means first. Ad gure nameh means I bow to that wisdom which is the guru, the wisdom which is the light which is first. Jugad gure nameh, I bow to that light which is everywhere. Sat gure nameh, I bow to that light which gives life. Sat is life, is sometimes called truth, but it means the breath. That's the inhale, and it means sat. And then Siddhi Guru Deve Nime means great light that is everywhere, Deve, that is omnipresent, Deve Nime. I bow to that. So that was, thank you. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more. All the classes can be found now on gurusing.teachable.com. There's going to be long-form classes available there, 30-minute long yoga classes with Kriya. There's also what is called a Kundalini Recharge. It's a brief lecture about something like depression or gratitude or achievement or partnering or success and it'll be a lecture with a pranayama breathing exercise and a single asana that you can just jump into during the day and then it'll round out with an affirmation or meditation and these will be like 11 minutes and then there are also going to be audio files which are guided 11-minute meditations which you can listen to and that's all within gurusing.com Satnam.